You well? Hey, a special welcome if you are new tonight. Hey, real quick, I gotta correct that announcement. If you are new tonight, it's your first time here, grab a bag. Youth bag is for you. There's a tribe shirt in it, there's a youth sticker in it. Grab it, it's yours. We wanna bless you with that. And so let's clap for all the new people here tonight. Come on, clap for them, we love them. Love you, grateful you're here. Hey, we're gonna start a new series tonight. Confronting Compromise. You know, the, uh, the world has deep convictions, and I want to make sure that the people of God, that we have deep convictions, yes? That we're not compromising on what we believe and who God has called us to be. And so I want to talk about that. But two quick things before we get into it. One, True North College. Hello. Let me talk to all the seniors for a second. The class of 2022. 2022. I want to make sure. Demetri, you're graduating. Hey, give me a wave if you're graduating this year. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, clap for all the seniors. What's up? You made it. You made it. What a high school career. Hey, we're going to have some uh, youth leaders who are also college students out in the foyer. The clap was too long there. We've got to correct that. You've got to stop when everybody else stops, okay? Great job. All right. So uh, Jay will be out there. Ed will be out there. Ennis will be out there. There's a True North College. And if you're like, man, what am I doing? I'm not sure what to do next year. And maybe you need to take a class at the True North College. You need to talk to your parents about it. And so they're going to have more information for you out there. Jay, where are you? Jay, Ed, Ennis, one of you. Give a wave. You guys in here? Yeah, there they are, right there in the yellow hat. Drew. Is it Drew hat? Oh, what's up? That was a shout out just for you, Jay. And so CJ, Ed, or Ennis, they'll be out there under the banner, out in the foyer. And then the next thing, and then we're getting to the word, Youth You next week. Youth You next week, Ed is going to be teaching on the cross. And so make sure you're here at 545. You want to grow in your leadership, theology, life. 545 right in the growth track room. And then Avi uh, Pod episode two is dropping tomorrow. When you wake up in the morning, it will be on your phone hot and ready. Hot and ready. I want to talk about the compromise of the conscious tonight. Youth after dark. I want to talk about your conscious having a conviction that is maybe outside of maybe just sin, but it's just your conscious. A lot of you are confused. Good. Listen. All right. Here we go. Daniel 3, verse 1. Confronting compromise. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide and set it on the plain of Dora in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all other providential officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all other providential officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then they heralded loudly and proclaimed, nations of all people of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, uh, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship immediately will be thrown into a blazing furnace. Let's skip down to verse 15. It says, now, when you hear the sound of the horn of the flute, zither, lair, harp, pipe, all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image, I made very good. 
But if you do not worship it, you will be immediately thrown in a blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve, the God of the Bible, the God that we serve in this room, will be able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. The three men, they get thrown into the fire. The, 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 the horns go, the, the music plays, everybody bows down. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, go, probably your age, I would remind you, they're probably teenagers. They don't kneel down. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet. They get thrown into the fire. King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and thrown into this fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like, looks like a son of the gods. He was so close there. A lot of scholars and people, commentaries, write that that was actually Jesus in the fire with them. It would be a Christophany or a theophany of God in the Old Testament meeting his people. Tonight, I want to talk about this story, and I want to title this talk, Outside the Camp. Outside the Camp. You excited for summer camp this year? I'm excited. I, haven't, I don't think I've announced this yet, but we are going to a new camp this year. Yes. Hey, and there's AC. I, I know, there it is. I, I was thinking uh, the amount of complaints I've heard about AC. Lord have mercy. Outside the camp. Let me pray for you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for your response. Woodbury, how are we doing over here? We good? You well? That's great. All right, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for every person within the sound of my voice. God, I thank you that you've called them, that you love them. God, that you are for them. God, that their best life is found in you, Jesus. God, I pray in these moments we have together that we would fix our eyes on you. Let us be people of conviction. God, people who do, who do not compromise on our faith. But God, let us be people of integrity and character, people who honor you in every area of our life. God, I pray that your grace, your mercy, and your love will be poured out on each and every student in this room, God. Would you work and move in Jesus' name, amen. About two years ago, maybe it was 2019, uh, I had a friend call me up and was like, hey, my father-in-law is flipping a house. Do you want to come work? And it was a week, and I was like, sure, I'll come work. He's a pays cash, it pays well, and it's demo day. Now, demo day is an awesome day. Demo day, do you guys watch HGTV like your parents have it on, and you just walk in? Anybody have that in their house? HGTV, April, my wife is just all full on HGTV all the time. But demo day, 
is a fun day. Demo day is you show up with a sledgehammer and whoever's house it is or site person it is, they go, hey, we got to rip out this whole area here all the way down to the stud. So you get in and you get your thing and you slam it and you rip drywall down. You take fixtures out and you throw it up. You're filling up trash bags. And so it was one of those days where I walked in and this house had to be gutted. I mean, we were going down to the studs. Now, old houses, sometimes it's rough because it has the old insulation in it, and so it's like raining, and there's fiberglass in it. It makes you all itchy, and you're like, ah. And so uh, then we go down, and you got to clean the house out, and this person was like a hoarder, like full-blown. There was stuff wall-to-wall, barely enough room to walk, and so there was stuff everywhere. We had to get everything out of this basement, and so I'm going up and down, and you're finding weird stuff. I found a lot of very weird stuff in houses before, in walls, underneath stuff. But one thing that I did not, I've never found until this day was cash money. Never found cash money. But you're always like, when you're pulling stuff out and there's books and there's games and there's boxes, you're like, hey, what am I gonna find? What's gonna be in here? What's going on? And so you're kind of looking at stuff. And then so uh, finally I'm, I'm pulling something down and a book falls out and a fat stack envelope drops down. And I'm telling you, this was like a proper envelope full of cash hidden in this wall. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that this, this cash, this money is just sitting right in front of me. It was awesome. It was exciting. But at that moment, I had a decision to make. Whether I was going to be a person of character and integrity, that I was going to honor God when nobody was watching, or I was going to compromise on my convictions. And in that moment, right away, that, that money dropped. It's not even a second thought. It's going, hey, found cash, found cash, boss man, cash for you. I found it. It's yours right away because I'm not even going to let myself get to a place that I can second guess it. But oftentimes, I want to encourage you with this thought. A lot of you don't want to compromise in your faith. You don't want to compromise in your belief. You want to be a person of integrity and character. It starts when nobody's watching. Integrity, character, not compromising, it starts in the quiet places. It starts when nobody else is around. It's just you and God. Because that's where it's all about. That's what it is all about. It's not about everybody else in your world. It's about you living a holy and pleasing life under your Father in heaven. And it starts when nobody else is watching. It starts when it's just you and God. Compromising on your convictions starts with confronting that when no one else is around. It's just between you and God. Now, I, I know I, I got to go here right away. A lot of you want to live pure lives under God. Bless you. You want to live sexually pure lives under God. Uh, under God. You want to live a holy life under God. That starts in the private it starts when no one else is watching. It's just between you and God. It's going, you know what, God? I want to live this life of holiness. I want to live this life of honoring you. It's when nobody else is watching. Listen, like, nobody just sleeps around. Nobody just falls into sin. It starts between the eyes, between the ears. It starts up here. And it's going, hey, you know what? I'm not going to compromise in my thought life. I'm not going to compromise when nobody else is watching. I'm not going to compromise in my belief that the word of God is meant to lead me to greater life and greater joy. I want to honor him in every area of my life. 
And it starts in the quiet place. It starts when no one else is around. These three men, they probably didn't compromise in public because they didn't compromise in private. I love this idea of that these three men, Rashak, Meshach, and Abednego, they're out in public. And a lot of you, you want to do great things for God. You want to change your school for Jesus. And I'm here to champion you in that. I'm here to pray for you, to lift you up. Our leadership team, this is why we're here, is because we want to see schools change for the, in the name of Jesus, by the power of God, that people would, 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 would know Jesus and the gospel would go forth. That's what we're here for. But it starts in your home. It starts when... No one else is around. Listen, you, you'll never stand for God if you're not kneeling in private. If you're not getting before God, reading scriptures, going, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be a person of compromise. I'm going to be a person of conviction. I'm going to be a person that says, you know what? I'm going to honor God with my life, with my mind, with my talent, with my energy, with everything that I am. I want to know him. I want to serve him. That's, what it, that's a generation that we need to be. That's the generation that we need to be. Because I'm telling you right now, the, the world has deep convictions. The world is going, hey, this is the way that we want to live, and this is what we're going to believe. And the people of God, Christians, need to stand up and go, hey, you know what? I'm honoring God. I'm not going uh, to compromise on my beliefs. The, the compromise, there's... Um, there's issues that come from compromise. And when I'm talking about compromise tonight, I'm going to go a couple of different directions here. But tonight I'm talking about the idea of sin. Sin. We believe that sin is missing the mark. It's outside of what God has for you. And there's consequences to your compromise. So when you sin and you're going, hey, you know what, I'm actually going to live my own way, do what I want, do what I want to do. I'm not going to follow what, what God has for me. I'm going to follow what I want to do. There's consequences to your compromise. The first one is the consequence of your sin. And I, 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 need, to, I need to clarify some things because I think some of you think, like, when you sin, God's, like, up there and he's got, like, a, 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 a thing of lightning bolts. And when you sin and mess up, God's like, ah, ah, and he throws down a lightning bolt, and it hits you, and he makes your day miserable, and he makes you sad. And every time you sin, it's like God just gets angry, and he's frustrated, and he's annoyed at you. And he's like, ah, there he is. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm sinning, and God keeps getting mad at me, and, and I keep falling through it. That is not the God that we serve. That is not the God of the Bible. God is not sitting up in heaven every time you sin, every time you miss a mark and going, I need to punish them, I need to punish them, I need to punish them. What we believe as Christians is that the punishment that we deserve, the punishment of our sin, Jesus took on the cross. And so there is no wrath, there is no more punishment. It's God's love on your life. It's God's forgiveness on your life. So what about sin then? How is there consequences to our sin? You're not, I want to make sure I say this right because if I don't, it's going to be messed up here. Um, in Christ, you're not punished because of your sin, but you are punished by your sin. Let me say that one more time. In Christ, you are not punished because of your sin, but by your sin. God has created the world in a natural order. God has created the world and hey, this is how sex works and it works best within marriage. 
So don't have sex outside of marriage. Because guess what? You're going to have natural consequences if you do outside of what God has created in God's created order. Hey, this is the way that money works. This is the way that language works. And so God creates the world, and he knows how things work. And when we sin, we're going, you know what? I know better than God. I'm smarter than God. I'm going to do what I want to do. And so there are natural consequences to your sin. The second thing is the consequence of influence. There's actions of your compromise, but there's also reaction when you don't compromise. The end of this verse here, we'll read in a bit, but people worship God. People lift their eyes towards Jesus. Why? Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not compromise. They honored God. So what's happening here is that there's a, a, a culture of compromise. If we go back to this verse, the culture, everybody in the city, everybody all over the place, when they hear the sound, when they hear the song, they're like, okay, everybody get down and worship. And there's a, a, there's a few people who are going, I, I, I can't help but think that there are other people who believe in God here who are also in the city. And they're going, uh, yeah, but... Um, Here's the deal. Here, here's the thing. I'm going to bow down here now, and then I'm going to, like, go out to eat with them later, and I'm going to love them, and I'm going to tell them about Yahweh. But when the, when the horn goes and, and all the music plays and everything happens, th this is where I'm going to. And I think we do that so often as Christians. So often we try to justify when we compromise. So often we go, oh, yeah, but, but me... It's a little bit different. I know what the Word says. I know what the Bible says. But if, if God knew my story, as if he doesn't already. And so Ratchak, Meshach, and Abednego, they're living in a culture of compromise. You are living in a culture of compromise. You are living in a culture that wants nothing to do with Jesus, that wants nothing to do with the word of God, that is saying, hey, this is the way to live. And Christians who are called to be holy and set apart need to be people of conviction and people who do not compromise, though they live in a culture that says it's okay. We need to be people who stand on the word of God. It is a war for your worship. And where there's a war for your worship, you need to be rooted down in your identity. We need our identity to be rooted down in Christ, rooted in truth, and be able to stand firm in the midst of a shifting culture. I was listening to a podcast this week, and a guy was talking about how he went um, snowboarding, fell on his snowboard really bad, like broke his back or something, broke his bones, and, and he was like a big mess. And, and the way he lives his life, he, he sat with the doctor, and his, the doctor said, hey, listen, um, if you keep doing what you're doing and you fall again, you'll never be able to walk again. And so, you know, his whole life is on his feet and doing things. And so the, the doctor tells him, hey, if you fall again or if you keep living the way that you're doing, you will never walk again. And it was interesting how he responded. He says, for about two hours, I panicked, and I was upset, and I was sad, and I was anxious, and I was nervous for about two hours. And then he said something that, that got me, that really caught my attention. He says, but after two hours, I remembered who I am. I remember who I am. This is identity. It's your identity. In the midst of compromise, in the midst of the culture that we're living in, you need to know who you are. 
You need to know whose you are. You need to be a firm foundation that's going, hey, I am a child of God, set apart, holy, with a different person, a different way of living. I'm not just going with the flow. I'm not just doing what everyone else is doing. God has set me apart. That's the way that we need to live. First Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. When I close here, it says, he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like son of the gods. Notice that Jesus didn't pull them out of the fire. Jesus didn't just show up and everybody's watching and everybody's looking around and then Jesus shows up and he just gets a lasso or something and like throws it in and he yanks out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and he goes, look, I'm here. He meets them in it. He meets them in the fire. And if I could encourage you tonight, Jesus will meet you where you're at. In your culture, in this culture, in this society, in this day of it, he has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He has not forgot about you. His eyes are fixed on you, and he sees you right where you're at. He meets them in the fire. There should never be a time where you compromise your conviction. There should never be a time. I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's response. He says, hey, uh, God will save us from this, but even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't show up, we're just not going to worship your God. We serve one God. Hebrews 13, 12. Hebrews 13, 12. And it says, so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy, though his own blood, through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come outside the camp. I know it's like not like the most encouraging message, but I, f I feel like you need to know this. You are different. You're like, oh, usually when people tell me that, it's not a good thing. You're different. You're holy. You're supposed to be living a different life. The way that you speak should be different. The way that you encourage should be different. The way that you react on the sports field, in the classroom, in life, in general, should not be like everybody else. I love this idea of being outside the camp. Outside is set apart. It's different. Do you know what holy means? It means set apart, different. That's you. God has called you to live a holy life. God has called you to live a life that is obedient to his word. That's the calling. I know there's not a lot of amens here, but that's what God has called you to, to be people of conviction and not compromise. This means that when people are being rude, when people are being mean, when they're saying nasty things, where they're tearing you down, you show them love, grace, and compassion. That means you're patient with people. That means that when people are being getting bullied in front of you, and you, if you step in and you feel like, oh my gosh, you're gonna say something to me and I'm gonna get tangled in it, that's okay. Step into that space. Stick up for people. Encourage people. Be a light in your world. You're not supposed to be the same. 
The compromise of sameness, I think, is one of the things that we just, we're really easy to get into. We're really easy to just slide right in with everybody else and go, hey, yep, yep I don't want to stick out too much. I don't want to get made fun of. I don't want people to think I'm different. But you are. But you are. Verse 28, to end the story. Man, I just imagine this massive gold statue here. And King Nebuchadnezzar, when he's ready for everyone to bow down and worship, he's like, all right, let's go. Get the music going. Everybody bow down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they don't. They go, no, this isn't who we serve. And everybody else is kneeling. Everybody else but three. You know, there are stories in the Bible where, you know, people of God do significant things. But I love in this story that there's three of them. Because if you look around, you're not alone. And yes, there is a culture that is not going after Jesus, not living, living honoring to God, but you're not alone in it. There is three in the story. There's a lot more here. And that's what we do. We encourage each other. We lift each other up. We pray for each other. We're going, hey, I know this, people are living this way in my school, in my high school, in my middle school, but you can come here and be encouraged, be built up. Verse 28 says, then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied their king's commands and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their god. King Nebuchadnezzar would go throughout the whole providence and go, basically say, hey, this is the true god. This is the, when you don't compromise, when you stand for the things of God, when you give God a chance to show up in your world, like, I think oftentimes we miss God because we don't give God an opportunity to show up. Like, instead of telling people about, like, man, when someone tells me, like, hey, my shoulder hurts, I'm gonna be like, yeah, let me pray for you. Like, I'm gonna pray for you right now. I'm not gonna be like, yo, let me pray for you later. I'm gonna be like, hey, let me pray for you right now. If someone's like, hey, man, like, I, I'm having a rough week, or hey, what, 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 what does your, your scripture say, or what, does you, what, what do you believe? Like, I'm gonna take that opportunity, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump right onto it, I'm gonna be like, hey, this is what I believe, this is why I believe it. This is the good news. I wanna give God opportunities to show up. And here in this story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they didn't compromise, they gave God an opportunity to show up and it had a massive impact. I wanna encourage you, don't be a person to compromise. Stand firm on your conviction. Live a life honoring and pleasing to God, whether everybody, everybody's watching or nobody's watching. God's way is better, I promise. Amen. Let me pray for you tonight. Father God, I thank you for your grace, your mercy, your goodness, your love. God, I pray that we would be people of conviction, God, that we would not compromise. God, whether everybody's watching or nobody's watching, God, we would fix our eyes on you. God, we believe your word. God, we believe your word leads to greater life and greater joy. God, I thank you that there is grace where we do fall short, where we do miss the mark, where we do mess up. God, you're there to meet us right where we're at. So God, I'll just pray that you will meet people, students right where they're at. God, give us a deep conviction in your word 
and what you say. God, I thank you that you are for us and not against us. God, I I thank you that you've called us to live holy and pleasing lives unto you, God. For each student, God, I pray that they will be reminded that you've called them and you set set them apart for a purpose, to make much of you, Jesus. If you're in this space, you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never made a decision to make him Lord and Savior of your life, I wanna give you that opportunity right now. If you're a Christian, be praying for the people around you. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, for none are righteous, not even one. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. There's only one way. There's only one way into heaven. There's only one way to know God, and it's through Jesus. So if you're in here tonight and you're going, you know what? I have messed up. I have made mistakes. I have fallen short. I do want to know Jesus. I want to make that decision to to go, I'm not going to live my own way anymore. I want to live what God has for me. If that's you tonight, the Bible says you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's that simple. It's that easy. So that's you tonight. Just want to slip up your hand right where you're at just to know who I'm praying for. That's you tonight. You want to make a decision to say yes to Jesus. Go ahead, lift your hand up. Amen. Amen. See those hands. That's great. Praise God. Praise God. It's incredible. Incredible. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. We're all going to say it together. Come on, say Jesus. Here I am. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. I want to follow you all the days of my life. I am now a Christian. Christ now lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's clap for everyone who said that prayer for the first time. Hey, if that was you, we got a Bible for you out in the lobby. Make sure you tell somebody that you made that decision. Go ahead, stand to your feet. You stand to your feet. Have you already stood up anyway? Team, we're good for a song of praise. Do we want to go out with a song? Hey, church, True North Youth is happening on Wednesday nights right here at our Mullica Hill campus at 7 o'clock. It's from 7 to 8.30, and we really want to cultivate an environment of just relationships and encouragement right here at youth. So no matter where your student finds themselves during the week, whether they have a a good week at school or a bad week at school, where they're struggling in sports or wherever they may find themselves, they can come in on a Wednesday night and experience some encouragement, some hope, some peace that they can come in during praise and worship and have a God encounter. And we really believe that when they come into youth on a Wednesday night, they're gonna leave changed, empowered, and encouraged. So we would love to host your students here at youth. 7 o'clock right here at our Mullica Hill campus. We would love to see them out.